Hi, I want to welcome you to Raising Playful Tots. My name's Melitza. I hope this show is a place where mothers like you can safely explore a slower, simpler and playful lifestyle so that you can get to the heart of what your family needs to thrive, both now and in the years to come. Today I want to talk to you about the importance of the school age years and how this overlooked time really is a missed opportunity for family growth, family culture and family connectedness. I want to show you how to change this so you can continue to build on all of that early childhood wiseness you've already got going on. Before I do, let's talk about terms like early childhood that ends around five, midhood, a term I say for the children who are five to ten-ish, tweens who are ten-ish to twelve years old, and teens who are 13 until adult. We hear a lot about development with three of those groups, the early childhood or early years, tweens and teens, although tweens get lumped together with the teens, which isn't always fair, but sometimes necessary. The one group we don't hear too much about is the midhood group, also known as the school-aged children in elementary or primary. I've talked in more detail about what midhood means and the definitions here at raisingplayfultots.com forward slash midhood, M-I-D-H-O-O-D. Once my first son was officially launched into school, I felt I had arrived. We had played and cried, laughed and tried, and here he was in school and loving it. Now what? Once the children become school age, there is a lot of change for most families. If you were at home, it might be the time you consider going back to work, whatever shape or form that that might take. During this whole season of school age, there might be new family members and a back and forth going to work, coming away from work. It could change from part-time to full-time and full-time to part-time. You can change careers, return to school. During the school age time, there is plenty of adult family movement. Just after you got the routines of early childhood figured out, there's a change. This episode is all about the life and times of a school age parent. We're going to map out the school age time and establish some milestones. These markers help us pause and evaluate and check we're going in the right direction we really want for our family. At the end of this episode, I'll share a planning freebie that will help you start the school-age journey with purpose, calm, and unhurried. If early childhood could be summed up in a few words, I'd say, let them play. It's all about exploring curiosity and play. Once they transition into school age, the children are still playing and there's a shift to us showing them how to do more things. They have the capacity to understand and the enthusiasm to try. Not necessarily the self-control to persist, but their keenness makes up for everything else. The midhood time is a time that we let them be with us as they learn how to do things alongside us. They watch and imitate and we gently correct them. This is such a typical process that much of midhood seems like teaching time. It's hard during this time when we show, they imitate, and the outcome isn't right because time isn't usually on our side. We only have a short window to do things, 
and now I've explained it, which takes longer than just doing it. You've tried it, and well, it's not as it should be, so I have to redo it anyway. How many of you do most of the things around the home because it's easier, quicker, and just because no one else does it like how it's supposed to be done? It's so easy to remain here. When they were in early childhood, maybe it was necessary or developmentally appropriate, but now we have to start letting them try. When they try, they will fail or make mistakes and our reaction to their mistakes is really telling. We need to get rid of the notion of tell, they do, it's done. But think in a big cushion. Let them watch, show, let them imitate, allow for corrections, let them watch or show, let them imitate and repeat to get to mastery. Now, if you know you have the midhood to do this process, then it's doable. This mastery of simple skills increases their abilities and helps them contribute to the family household. As they are learning these skills, watching and imitating, they begin to see their place in life and how the family works together, how we all rely on each other. During early childhood, their choices and input didn't shape much of family life, but as they go through midhood, it will. What are some of these simple skills and teaching times? Conversations and responsibilities until they are ready to stay at home alone for increasing longer periods of time, that might be something. Learning how to argue by taking turns, hearing the other person's perspective, respectfully disagreeing, removing themselves. You can find out more about this at raisingplayfultots.com forward slash 74. Age appropriate and a variety of family contributions that happen throughout the week through a system that will eventually mean that they do it without the constant telling. As they try the full range of contributions in the home, they will need a lot of teach, reteach, and a space that they will make mistakes and try again as we teach and reteach. For more about contributions, see episode 166. The wide range of social life skills, like learning what to do when they're bored at home, if you're bored at school or at the doctor's office or during a meeting when they have to entertain themselves. Other life skills that are age or development dependent, like operating a dishwasher or an oven or a washing machine or a leaf blower, you can find out more about those at raisingplayfultots.com forward slash 195. Being able to read an analog watch or wash the dishes. Know and try many different ways of how to calm down when you've got test anxiety or when emotions flare with friends or family. Developing and exercising empathy, sympathy and compassion through service. Consider more hands-free things when we're looking at basic hygiene. So you're not doing all of that basic hygiene, you're allowing them to do a little bit more for themselves. Conversations about race, Gender, social class, intelligence, body shape, height begin to emerge as they pick up on societal cues. We celebrate important milestones, not just birthdays and holidays, but character and values with 
mini rites of passage. Maybe it's a small family ceremony where we can pour into our children positive messages. Can come from us, they can come from our friends, they can come from our family. Important people that all help to build a positive foundation of who they are. And they get to know that because other people have said so. For more information on mini rites of passage, go to play-activities.com forward slash mini rite of passage for school aged children. Many of these activities aren't teach and forget things. There's a way to do them and certainly you have to have a way you like them to be done first before they try the other ways. There's a good feeling when you can really do something well. We've had no dishwasher week before when one child is learning the basics of how to wash up. There's my way, there's my husband's way. I show them how to do it in my way in chunks. He tried and I rewashed. There wasn't a huge urgency to get it right quickly, but to get the system down and to keep trying. When you're teaching someone else how to do something you do all the time, it can be one of the most frustrating things to do. I'm right there with you, but you need to both be all in. Us as parents giving grace and space and our children listening, watching and trying. We tend to teach only part of a system at a time. With this low threshold, everyone knows it's just a small part and then there's another part that's coming. Some days I'm very happy it's just this small part and my son feels the same way too. With the long span of midhood, it's easy to follow the needs of your family and children and tailor how long you want to spend developing the washing of the dishes, for example. It may seem over the top, but really you're looking for progress, competency and effort. There will be mistakes on both sides, but we are there to encourage, not yank back the reins because it didn't work out that first time, but support them as they navigate these new and sometimes elusive new skills. During midhood, each child's personality blossoms and shines as they become more confident to do things their way. You might see your kind and empathetic child and their actions. You might see your organized child who must get everyone out of the house on time. You might see the child who is a social animal, unafraid to talk to anyone and who is everyone's friend. We can recognize distinct parts of who they are. Once you have a few children, you can encourage those great values and character traits rather than comparing. Tune into their good stuff and let them know. When you see good stuff in friends' children, let them know too. We spend so much of our time correcting our children that they must feel that they don't do anything right. This tuning into their good hearts, not with the false praise of good job, but really warming with them. I saw you gave up your seat for that boy over there. That was a really kind and the right thing to do. All with a sincere smile or a touch. We have to honor our personalities as they're growing, especially if introverts and extroverts are working together. 
The Susan Cain book, Quiet, is a good book for families who have introverts, along with her podcasts and her amazing TED Talk. I'm mostly the introvert, and so is one of my sons. His brother is definitely an extrovert like his dad. My other son, it's not very clear where he lies yet. During the midhood, nurturing both those personalities of the one who wants to speak up in class but is paralysed and the one who wants to speak up but he speaks up way too much was easy for me to go for the one that was paralysed as I could relate. My husband spoke to the extroverted one because there was time and space and he could look back and know the right things to be able to say more or less. The boys both talk about their experiences together and this helps them develop the empathy between them of understanding that not everyone is like them and not everyone is the same. So what does midhood mean for us? Well we should recognize we'll be hands-on and hands-off. There will be times when they can do an activity or skill well and times when we need to jump back in and reteach and support them with this current challenge. We don't need to hover but there will be times when we are hands-on and hands-off. This will mean monitoring. We can't just teach them how to take turns in an argument that don't end up in hurling insults once or even twice and expect mastery. Midhood gives us the scope to develop and the time to do it. They'll test new ways of arguing as they'll imitate from elsewhere. This is a good learning opportunity. It's not set it and forget it. We will find, we will come back around to the same things as we tweak things and the children get it. Because children try things out, there will be mistakes and we might find it hard to let things happen. Within reason, experience is a good teacher, within reason. We can learn from someone else's experience too without it having to be ours. This shift from all-out protector requires us to let loose a little. Our children can't grow if they can't make mistakes. This is probably one of the hardest shifts when I've talked to groups of parents. My middle son was determined, determined to be able to ride his bike so we found a suitable small incline so that he could take his feet off the floor and travel a few meters before stopping. No big deal. The path turned to the left and in front was a grassy verge, all perfect. It was what he wanted. We figured a push out on the flat, but he liked the idea of a hill, probably because his older brother was flying down that same hill from the top and it had a zigzag path and it looked really cool. We did it a few times and successfully he traveled a few meters and stopped without incident. The next day on a family walk, the boys took their bikes and we got to the top of the hill. And before we could yell stop, we saw both heads bob out of view. Well, we ran there just to see at the very end, the elders zoom down the final zigzag, pump his fist, and his brother, who had forgotten to turn the wheel, went straight into the fence and was in a big heap at the bottom. I never forget how he got up and just said, wow, that was so cool. Let's do it again. He'd crashed. 
I didn't think my heart could take the rest of the walk. The, my elders said, why don't you just turn the handles so matter-of-factly? And off they pushed, well, attempted to do the hill again. They didn't that day, but did when my husband was at the bottom and I was at the top another day. How we handle mistakes are really important. Do we blow up when the glasses are smeary? Do we yell and shut down the conversation when they argue inappropriately? Do we look cross and mad? Can they see the compassion and understanding in our face? They've only learned to walk by falling down and making mistakes. Didn't we say, oopsie-daisy, and smile and encourage them? Just a mere five years ago, maybe. Now we're scowling and desperately disappointed. How we handle mistakes matter because when they make all the right choices but somehow they're at that party or place when they're a teenager and they need a lift home because something happened with their ride and now they can't get that ride, we want it to be us that they call because they know that no matter what, we are the safe person. We have their back. We know they'll not be stuck somewhere deciding to make a bad decision because of the way we've overreacted or mishandled their mistakes before. What happens now is we get lots of good practice of mistakes in the midhood years. I have two episodes that dive deeper into mistakes and making progress. You can find those at raisingplayfultots.com forward slash 189 and 190. Midhood during this five-year-old age group to roughly 12-year-old age group is a fantastic time to develop your family atmosphere and your family culture. What type of family are you? With all the teaching and discussion, it's a perfect time to have regular family roundtables as a place where all voices are heard. During these family meetings and other times, we talk about weighty topics and light and fun topics too. We role play situations in a better way and do do-overs because they are common things that we can do to try and make things better again. Systems get developed around contributions and how the household functions. We start becoming the musical family or the sports family or the crafty family or the board game family, the serving family, as we're drawn towards something that fills us. Families with midhood children need space to teach and time. So filling every waking moment will instantly cause stress. We need the slowing down to adjust. It's not a smooth ride through midhood. It stops and starts, doubling back and addressing specific areas. We start having scripts and mantras that tell us who we are and encourage us when it's hard. Midhood families build bridges between siblings as they learn to appreciate how we need each other, love each other, and because of our rich personalities, accept each other. During midhood, siblings learn to work with each other to operate the washing machine or remind each other of the family rule about interrupting. They care. Your mind is probably spinning now, thinking of what midhood will mean to you and your family. You're right, you will need to dig deeper in your patience bucket and move from maintaining a tight ship done just one way to teaching the young ones. 
I often get the question at this stage that life must be pretty perfect where you are. Well, no. I'm teaching and reteaching just like you. Just last week, I could see that the detergent finished quicker than I expected. And after a long, convoluted conversation, I now know that they were experimenting with how much detergent that they would use. Clearly more than they should. A different son thought it would be fun to bang the table when making a point because he'd seen it used effectively in a movie at school. Except when he did it, he hit his knife and he flipped the spaghetti bolognese everywhere. There's imitation for you. I will say there is never a dull moment. There's a lot of laughing and there's a lot of prayer. Where else but home is the place to try things out? It's easy to get overwhelmed as a five-year-old and 11-year-old are very different children. Each of our families will push out in its own direction. To help you with that, I have a freebie, with, I have a freebie called Mapping the School Years and you can get that by going to raisingplayfultots.com forward slash 197 download. That's all one word, 197 download. So now it's your turn. I'd love to hear about where you're going to start with Midhood. Use the hashtag creatingfamilyhaven on Twitter and Instagram to talk about this episode or share your ideas in the Facebook group, The Society of Nimble Parents. Thanks for being here today. I know there are many things you could be doing right now and I'm glad you've chosen to be here today. I hope something I've said has triggered you to investigate something more and help you to make a decision for your wonderful family. Don't forget to leave us a rating or comment wherever you subscribe. I know it seems like a small thing, but it's one of the best ways as it helps new people find the show. Show notes for today's show with links are at raisingplayfultots.com forward slash 197. And that's where you'll find all the links that I've talked about. While you're there, you can get the fortnightly Raising Playful Tots note that has some encouragement and ideas on your journey of intentional, simple parenting and simple play. Also, I have a growing library of parenting resources and principles over on my site to help you support your families. See you again next time. You've been listening to Raising Playful Tots, show number 197. Come over and play next week. Until then, find time for some unplugged play and intentional parenting. Join with me each week as we share, learn and laugh together about making the most of creating our family haven. Goodbye. <laughs>